This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Now, I'm very happy to have uh, in the studio today uh, Mark Wade. He is a filmmaker and uh, uh, producer in in uh, in South Africa, and he's busy working on a very interesting uh, history of the community, which uh, he's involved with at the moment. So it's it's very exciting and very interesting, and we thought we'd bring you on to chat about it. Mark, thank you so much for being with us on the New Blue Review. Benji, thank you very much for inviting me. Really uh, appreciate your time. It's been one incredible project. Um, it's probably taken me four years to get to this point, and we've been working on it for the last 18 months. It's the... It's called Legends and Legacies, a story of a community, and we really wanted to focus on it as being a story and not a, a history program that just documents, you know, day after day for the last 200 years. That would be very, very boring. So um, uh, about um, 18 months ago, I met a guy called Alan Swerdlow, who's a very well-known theater and radio personality, and Alan said he wants to come on board as the creative director and he wants to write the script. What he really has produced an incredible, incredible script. So he's broken it down to themes. So it's an eight, over eight episodes, and each at each episode deals with with a particular aspect. So, for example, episode one deals with you know, who were they and where did they come from, talking about the the sort of waves of of Jewish immigrants who came to South Africa, and obviously going back to the first Anglo Germans who came here. Um, then um, a couple of decades later, then it was the kind of Litvak community, and that was really spread over about 50 years. And then you know, lastly, you really just have the kind of refugees who are coming out of Europe um, during the First and the Second World War period. And then you know, finally, you have the Sephardis who are escaping from um, primarily Rhodes Island and Greece mm-hmm. who were coming through to the country. Yeah, so what inspired you to start on a project like this? Why did, why did you wake up one day and think, oh, well, you know, South African jury needs a, a, a video history? Well, the interesting thing is my, my wife's family are Sephardis from Rhodes Island, and I was doing a kind of a – trying to come, come to terms with their history and where they came from and, and how they all started. So obviously – they were part of the exile in 70 AD when they went to Babylon, and then they went through North Africa, ended up in Spain with the Spanish Inquisition. They then went into Europe, and they ended up going through Turkey and into Greece. So that was very interesting, and I just then started assessing the history of South African Jewry, and I realized that there wasn't anything available in video material. Mm. There's a fantastic books that have been written, and primarily by Richard Mendelssohn and Milton Chain down in Cape Town at UCT. And the Kaplan Institute's done a huge amount of research, and of course, we've got David Sachs here at the Jewish Board of Deputies. And, but none of it's really in video material, and I think these days people want to be able to click on a link and watch a video. And so I thought of trying try to transpose all of that into a, a video history. Um, and our little library of three books, I think now is about 80 books, 80 or 90 books that we've been, been able to collect from second-hand bookstores and, you know, online from Amazon. We found all these books about South African history, which is incredibly interesting. A- you're saying that there's 80 books out there on South African Jewish history? And there's even more than that. Wow. You know, there, there's an incredible amount. And some of them obviously out of print. Mm. Um, you know, you may pick them up at second-hand bookshops and things that are lying around. Um, but there really is a huge, there's a wealth of material. Um, uh, for example, if you go to the um, the Landau Library at at Vitz, which no one even knows about at Vitz, yes. we sort of Alan found out about it and we tracked it down. We went to film there. So Rabbi Landau left his personal collection of over five thousand books to Vitz University, and that's an incredible collection. And then of course the the um, 
the own library that we've got here in, in, in Johannesburg at Beachad, and then at the, at the UCT's, um, the Kaplan Institute, they've got a huge, and the Gitlin Library at the Jewish Museum. So there are these sources, you know, if, if someone is really interested and wants to sit in the library and read and research it, the, 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 the information is available. Now, it's interesting you, you spoke about a story um that you that you were approached because if anyone is is at least negative about the idea of history, they always say to you, "Oh, it's just dates." You know, the the Jews arrived here in 1805 or whatever it is. Not not that early, but whatever it, it is. No, it was. It was eight, 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 1804. Eight, oh, well, okay, that's uh, my first good guess a, of the day. It was a, uh, yes, it was a ship <laughs> surgeon coming out here with the with the British East India Company. Oh, okay, so I mean, I, I want to get into that, but the point is, that's interesting, right? People. Uh, what is that person doing? Why are they on the East in- India Company? But history is so often seen as dates and, and people, uh, or, or just dates and titles rather. And I'm interested that you're trying to get into the stories of, of who makes up the community. And you know, I think we've one of the, the criteria. Uh, Nati Kirsch was a was a major major sponsor of the, of the project, mm. and he said there's a lot of information in terms of Jewish history, but he really wants to, wants this program to focus on the, on the the contribution those Jews have made to various countries. Right. And that's a critical element that's, that's not just a, a, a kind of a menu item of who they were and what they did, but it's what they did for the countries that they, they settled in. And that really is an important aspect of, of, of the Jewish history. Now, let's just go back to that, the 18, 1805. You're saying that that was the first Jew that, that we know of that ever pitched up in, in South Africa. Yeah, so remember the Dutch East India Company only allowed Protestants. There weren't any Semitic. Mm. You just had to be a Protestant to, to join the Dutch East India Company. Right. So for that whole period from 1652, whenever it was, all the way through to to the, the arrival of the British East, British East India Company, the, the end of the 18th, beginning of the 19th century, there were really no Jews here. Well, not ones that were identified. Not, not one identified. However, there was the first Jew who came here with the, with the Portuguese explorers. Mm-hmm. And that was 150 years before the, 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 the Dutch settled here. Okay. So the Portuguese were actually the first people to arrive in Southern Africa. From but Europe. They, but from Europe. Yeah. But they never settled here. So, of course, there's Mozambique and Angola are still po- are really historically are Portuguese countries. Right. So, um, so then once, once the Dutch, the British East India Company settled here, then of course there were a lot of British Jews in, involved. In, that's what they call the Anglo-Germans. So there were German, European, Western European Jews who then started settling in the country. And it was the, the Litvaks who arrived here, various from the, from the pogroms and things in Eastern Europe. They were the second wave who came here and there was always a split. And that's how almost every single country community has two shuls. Right. I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question because the, the, the sort of official memory of the community these days is that it's a Litvak community and, uh, you know, all, everyone came from Lithuania or Belarus, but we forget that actually uh, a good portion of the community initially does come from these, these Anglo-German stock. Yes, well, you think of all the mining magnates and the, and the, the landlords who were mostly Jews, mm-hmm. they were all of, of English stock. Right, right. And they weren't the Litvaks at all. So, um, you know, the Barney Bonatos and the Lewises and, and, and all the big guys who started all the major industries, uh, especially mining. You know, once the discovery of diamonds and gold happened um, in the Free State, then in, in the Transvaal Reef, then then all the guys with the the, the, guy, the money came out. And, of course, they were explorers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story about people like Barney Bonato, who was, you know, left this country. I think he, he sold his business for 10 million pounds in, in the 1880s, 1890s to the Beers. 
he arrived in, in, in this country penniless. Mm-hmm. He walked from Cape Town to Kimberley. You know, he could only afford to, to put a suitcase onto a wagon. Wow. And he walked next to the wagon all the way. You know, and within 20 years, he'd left you a multi, multi-millionaire. And then died on a ship. Well, well no one actually quite knows what happened. He, dis- he, <laughs> he dis- disappeared. He disappeared, yeah. So, now, that's also another interesting question. You talked about Johannesburg and the influence of Jews. I read a stat somewhere, and I'd be interested to throw it past you. This year, Johannesburg is one of the few cities in the world where Jews have a major population Right at the beginning of the creation of of the city. That's, that's Which, quite right. Yeah, it's a that that's a fascinating right. st- statistic because it yes. means that if you're li- living in Johannesburg right now, the foundations of the city, all, more, more so even in Jerusalem or uh, you know the, New York or any of these places, have it has a literally Jewish roots. Completely, and it all had to do with with mining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think of every single element of it, and if they weren't just adventurers, they were. Um, there were guys coming here to to pan for gold. There were guys coming here to set up businesses, um, and the you know even the the old Smos community, the country community, the 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 itinerant traders or the hawkers, mm-hmm. and that was the early days of the country communities where the Jews would go along with their ox wagons selling spades and buckets from from village to village. You know they really were able to grow their businesses into the mining industry. Right. No, that's absolutely fascinating. We're talking to Mark Wade today on 101.9 Chai FM. If you want to ask him any questions, telegram us on 061-895-1019 or you can SMS us on 34519. We'll take a short break. We'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Talking to Mark Wade on the program today about his uh, series he's working on. Uh, about the Jewish community. And uh, Mark, you were just saying to me that you also have, you, you're keen to also do something eventually on the country communities, which was such a big part uh, of the South African community before it became fairly urbanized. Well, obviously the country community is where everything started. And with uh, until the, the diamond rush and the gold rush, South Africa was a country community, was a rural country. You know, there was no industry as such. So there, there were, I think, more than one and a half thousand country communities around, around, um, Southern Africa, because it's not just South Africa, it's Botswana, it's Namibia, it's, it's Swaziland, it's all the way up to the Congo, across mm-hmm. the Mauritius even. Yeah. So those country communities are very important, and we hope to work with Rabbi Silberhoff, to the, the traveling rabbi, and do almost a road trip with him and go through some of those communities, which some of them we have seen shooting Series 1. Um, very, very interesting communities. Um, you know, Grafenet, um, Oatshorn. In fact, when we were shooting in Oatshorn, we met a family, the Lipschitz family, who'd been, um, ostrich farming for the four, last four generations. I, I saw there was a, a, a legend in, in Kimberley that the, the Yad that they used to read the Torah on had a diamond in the top of it. Yes, it does have. It's the only one in the world. It's, <laughs> it, it's not kept in the shul, I must say. It's kept in safekeeping. That's amazing. Um, but that, but that's, yeah, that's it. And also at the Great Park Synagogue, there's a, the Keter donated by the Barney Bonato family is mm-hmm. sitting on one of the, the Torahs. Oh wow. There, so it's inscribed, which is quite interesting. And then also in uh, the Kimberley shul, a, a, a silver model was made of that shul. Right. And uh, which was stolen. And one of the congregants from the community saw it in the, in a shop window in a secondhand shop in London. And then bought it back. She bought it, brought it back to Kimberley. It was then stolen again. <laughs> but the person was too heavy. They couldn't, couldn't run away with it. And they found it in the garden. And now it's sitting in the Jewish Museum in Cape Town. Well, hopefully it won't be stolen. Now I'm sure, uh, you know, um, 
making films is an expensive business, something very difficult and, and time-consuming on the fundraising side. Uh, is that something you spend a lot of time on? Well, I think I spent, over the last four years, I probably spent three and a half years trying to raise the funding. Um, you know, most of the people I spoke to really saw it as a kind of a glamour project. Mm. They're far more... Uh, pressing pressing community f- fundraising endeavors that, that need to be considered however i think uh, documenting our history is as important yeah um you know the we've got a huge community a huge expat community living all over the world and i think if we don't really um capture that history now i don't know whether there'll be another opportunity to i also find it's it's you know th- in some ways, the official history of the community has just become the official history of what the government says. You know, it's it's only focused on the communists and the uh, apartheid, anti-apartheid activists. And actually, our, our community is much deeper than that. And so it's important that we tell our own stories uh, to actually, so we actually understand it. You know, the, the people of the Jewish community have been involved. I mean, theatre was almost completely owned by the Jewish community in this country. Mm. You know, um, it was Harry Stodel who was an old vaudeville guy who came to this country and he set up these theatres. And then Isidore Schlesinger, who was the who was the film guy who started SABC, started the Kalani Film Studios. Um, he started Zebedelia Citrus Estate, which is the biggest citrus estate, estate in the world. He was the first person to give mortgage bonds to buy property, Parkhurst, Orange Grove, Houghton, Killarney. He opened up those areas himself. Between the two of them, they monopolized the theater and the film industry. So, so I mean, it's amazing. And I think that's, that's an incredible, you know, incredible aspect. So, so if people want to find out more about it, if they want to contribute to it, how can they go about doing that? Uh, please go on to our website, which is www.astoryofacommunity.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there, there's a um, there's a collection of photographs from our shoot, our travels and shoot around the country. There are links to, to the our trailer video that we've shot, and there's also a link that says donate, and you can go click on that link, and it's done by Backer Buddy, and you can donate to the cause. Most important link on the website. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Mark, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's Benji. been really great to have you, and, uh, and thanks, Ari, Greg. Yeah, I, 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 we should have you on again and chat more in depth as the project uh, gains legs and. And goes forward. Uh, it looks very exciting. I, I must say, uh, Kathy was the one who got me on the radio to talk about the project a while ago, and I must thank her very much. Well, there you go, Mark Wade. There, uh, uh, talking about his his work on the history of the Jewish community. It brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Craig for pushing all the big red buttons. Uh, the the production still being done by Mandy, and uh, the sound by Avusi. We'll be back next week on the New Blue Review.